everybody. It's Sue Bitstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Welcome. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining me. As you know, on this podcast, I encourage you to say yes to building a business and a life that you love. If you are a woman entrepreneur and you are looking for coaching and help and support as you launch your business, as you launch your dream or your passion project, I would love to work with you. If you go to greatbigyes.com, you can see all of my offerings. I work one-on-one with clients and I have a team membership called Team Yes. And it's a lot of women in there who are just really passionate about what they do. They are also launching and growing their business. And so you can find the community and the support you need and the encouragement that you need to keep going and to say yes to creating a life that you love. I also have some online courses. I've created a simple five-step strategy to launch your marketing plan, and that's available at greatbigyes.com, as well as a course that teaches you how to use Canva and Instagram for business. I would love to talk to you. Feel free to reach out to me at greatbigyes1 at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at greatbigyes. I can't wait to get started in working with you. And now, here's the podcast. Sometimes on the podcast, it's just me, and other times I interview someone. And this is one of those days. On this episode, I interview Jamie Dander McKinney. She is an author and a speaker and just an all-around Yes, girl. And this was the first time we met, but we were like, oh, you're my people. You're my people. So this is a great conversation that I hope will encourage you and inspire you. Her book is called Speak Up, Sister, The Professional Woman's Guide to Confidence and Success. She's got a great story and you're going to love her. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jamie Dander McKinney. All right. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Hey, Sue. I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. It's so nice to finally meet you. Thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So to get started, can you just introduce yourself and kind of tell everybody what you do? Yes, sure. So I'm Jamie Dandar McKinney. I'm the president and founder of Jamie Empowers, whose mission is to help women ditch doubts, speak up, and achieve the careers they deserve and desire. Woo! Uh, Wait, let's just clap for that. I love it. Game on. Um, This comes from 20 years of working in heavily male-dominated industries and taking some of the lessons that I learned the hard way or the better way and the formula that I discovered to build confidence and sharing that message with women, particularly emerging women leaders, because it's a formula that anybody can learn and it is a vital recipe for success. Oh my gosh, I love it. So what is, can you kind of explain what the formula is? Like you have a three-step formula or is it more step formula? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a few more steps than just that. Uh, (laughs) But I, uh, one thing for sure is that knowing that your confidence comes from you. I talk about confidence in terms of a currency. And if you think about confidence as a currency, like an amount that you have in your bank account, Uh, you know, one, would you be happy with your balance? That's a question to ask. Uh, But two, when you think about your bank account, Sue, like, you know, your name is on it, you know, the password, right? And you control how to grow it, how to spend it, how to invest in it. And when we think about our confidence in that same way, we're really protective of it. And that's not somebody else's account to access. They don't get to go in there and just deplete your account, right? I mean, I love that. Yes, right. (laughs) 
Amen. So there, there, there's one, there's one, one piece of it. There's a <laughs> few things um, behind that, but that is, that is foundational to it is being very confident and comfortable and um, centered in the fact that that confidence is yours and yours alone. And that's a, it's a privilege and an honor. And it's something to really protect and invest uh, because it has a huge payoff. Oh my gosh. I love that. It reminds me of that quote. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt and it said, um, no one can make me feel inferior without my consent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's almost like I'm picturing the bank account. Like if anyone uh -huh. was going to get in there, they would have to have your consent. They would have to have your password. They would have to know how to get in there. Right. And so yes. I love the idea of guarding that and not, not letting people withdraw from right. our account. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, that's happened before, right? You've been in a meeting or a situation and you went in all pumped up and then somebody says something and just, it's like your bubble bursts and you're, oh, you're deflated and it really, it changes your whole trajectory for the meeting. Yes. Um, and you're not nearly as powerful or demonstrating the leadership characteristics that you had planned. Whereas if you can go in and knowing that we can't control what others do say, think, I think Eleanor Roosevelt had another quote, um, what is it? Other people's opinions of you is none of your business. Yes. I love that. Right. There's that one too. Mm -hmm. um, that when you go in more with that attitude that, you know, there can still be that person that is, is just that way or having an off day or for whatever reason, they can still throw something out, but you're like, okay, cool. But you're not getting in my account and you can go about the meeting the way you want to, you know, yes. control the pieces that you want and demonstrating that leadership. Well, and this comes up a lot for me with coaching entrepreneurs, because when somebody says no to them or <laughs> when somebody maybe isn't happy with like, they don't want to continue the business relationship or something, you know, it just happens. It's like part of being in business. Yeah. Um, we can let that completely deflate us and almost make us feel like, um, you know, maybe this isn't a great idea or maybe I'm not good at what I do. Right. Like it mm -hmm. takes away our confidence. So I love this idea of almost like this, you can't penetrate the shield around my confidence, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the Shiro, the Shiro shield, right? The she hero. Oh, so. I love it. Well, I and, love and it. no, I was going to say the word no. Uh, I was just coaching one of my clients on this the other day. It's, it's a grammatically incorrect acronym, but I encourage her to think of no as just an acronym for another opportunity. Mm. Like they said no, but it's an, another opportunity rejection is redirection uh, because yeah, I mean, especially as an entrepreneur, I mean, if you stopped when somebody <laughs> said no, well, your entrepreneurial career is going to be pretty short, right? So, right. Right. I always say the, uh, the more it's kind of a numbers game, right? It's like with sales. Like if you make a hundred calls, you're going to have more opportunity to sell something. And if you try like as an entrepreneur, if you try like a hundred things, you're going to have more opportunity that things are going to work. You don't, like you can't be afraid to fail so you don't try because if you don't try, you're never going to get anything, right? So right. failure, we always try to say failure is not really, we don't want to use that word. It's more like you're learning, um, you're growing, you're experiencing things. Um, but I love this. Uh, confidence is a currency. That's cool. I've never heard that before. So tell us about the, you came on because originally the connection was through your publisher. So you yes. have written a book. Tell us about yes. your book. Yeah, so the book is Speak Up, Sister. I just happen to have a copy here. <laughs> For anybody who's watching the, the video on this, The Professional Woman's Guide to Confidence and Success. Awesome. I love it. I'm <laughs> taking a picture right now, people who can't see us. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> there we go. And 
Um, the book and actually everything I do right now, none of this was originally my idea. <laughs> this all came from what I like to call God whispers and people asking me to come in and speak. Or, you know, when I came in and spoke, it was asking, having several women come up to me afterwards and say, hey, this was great. I want to learn more. How do I buy your book? And I was like, well, that's a, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, let me get your email address. I'll get back to you. Uh, and then I was actually having lunch with a friend uh, who is motivational and optimistic. And he has the concept, uh, Yada Williams is his name, where he's got a gym and he factors in Christianity and uh, principles from the Bible in it. And so we were having lunch and I was just sharing with him what I was up to. He then shared that with someone he went to high school with. And she called me out of the blue one day. I was in Texas uh, for work. I was still working in the oil and gas industry at that point. And I thought she said, you know, she introduced herself and said, Hey, I heard about the concept for your book. Um, I'd like to explore this with you. And I like, I, you know, I'm riding shotgun in the truck with one of my sales guys and we're riding out to his, and I thought somebody was punking me. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> sure. Tracy, You're like, is this a scam? <laughs> the, the concept of my book. Um, but you know, she had the Colorado the, the area code and anyway, she was legit. And uh, fast forward a few months later, and we actually wound up getting together in person. And I said, you know, here's, here's what I've started. And, you know, it just, it went from there. And then yeah. uh, last year around this time, I was working on the initial manuscript for it. Uh, and it's all come to fruition now. So very it's so exciting. Congratulations. That's so Thank you. fun. I love it. So if we buy your book, what are we getting? What's it, what's it about? What are you getting? So there's two parts to the book um, and it's designed to be more of a workbook. So you can act, you can write in it. There's some checklists. Uh, part one is all about kind of the science and the psychology behind confidence. And it lays out that confidence formula um, in approximately five chapters. So that <laughs> you've got all kinds of tips and tricks and 30 ways to channel confidence and why it's so important. And here's how anybody can do this. And then part two is all pretty much standalone chapters about, okay, now you've got this foundation, you're in a workplace environment, here are things that women in, I mean, this, the book is written for anyone, but these are things that in particular women tend to struggle with a little bit more than men. And so these are the things that now you've got this base of confidence, you can do it this way. Um, anything from how to not take things personally to transforming criticism into a compliment to taking the ache out of mistakes, uh, you know, talking about the failing forward, right? The failure, yeah. failure is only failure when you let it be. Um, really, it's more of a learning experience and yeah. can help you move forward. Uh, but then it, at the end of each chapter, it will outline, hey, here's what's at stake. If you just kind of let this go and, and don't really implement it, and then here's some key points, and then here's a challenge checklist. And then you can actually write in there, here's what I commit to. So I really want it to drive that transformation. I don't want this to just be something you read and then a month from now, you're like, what was that about again? That you're yeah. actually invited to do. Right, to take action. Now, are you a coach or what's your background? I know you were in corporate, the corporate world, right? So tell us yes. a little bit about that. Yes, so my roles over the course of about 20 years <laughs> varied quite a bit. Um, I had always been in some aspect of sales, business development and marketing, and then also had training, training uh, accountabilities in there as well. So now I've taken you know, a lot of that along with the experience of being 
the only female in a lot of cases when I certainly when I first started my career being the youngest uh, by on average about 20 years not having the business experience not growing up in the industry and knowing that well it took me a little while to figure it out but that leading with confidence that was my secret weapon to initially not get eaten alive <laughs> right but yeah. um but then to really establish myself and move forward and prove that i can do the work and you know i'm here to do to do my job so now what i do is twofold i do that training aspect uh, virtually now although we're already dabbling with opening things up in 2021 but we'll see um it's very easy to organize it either way but virtual workshops mm -hmm. for men and women uh, but targeted primarily toward those emerging women leaders. And then I also do the one-on-one -on -one leadership coaching program. And that's about a three to four month program where I work with women who are typically at that manager level and they want to move up to director or VP. Uh, the lean in movement actually calls that the, the broken rung of the ladder. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that there's resources when you come into a company and they can get you to manager. And then there's this big gap in resources to help elevate beyond that and i help fill that gap i love that because it's the people that are in the corporate world would I, I mean it's a different like i always work with entrepreneurs so i'm working with women who are like at home who like may have been making jewelry or maybe wanted to write a book or maybe have um a dream of being an interior designer or a real estate agent right and so they're like kind of branching out on their own and they're not in that corporate structure Right. But so you're talking about like, if you're in that corporate structure, I love that. That's so cool. It's so interesting. Did you go, you mentioned oil and gas in Texas. And so I know that's not easy to be the only woman, especially if you're 20 years younger. Did you go like from college to like that industry or did you have so other from, things? So from college, I went into the automotive industry. Okay. Wow. Um, also a lot of men. <laughs> yes. I was the third female to join a team of 400. Um, wow. And that college degree uh, was something that, you know, the company wanted me to have, but the rest of the people on the team were a little uh, apprehensive about that because they had an aging workforce. That's part of why they brought me in. And a lot of that workforce didn't have a college degree. So when they figured out that I was being groomed to move up quickly and that I could potentially be their boss, you can only imagine yeah. <laughs> some resistance and resentments uh, that, that played out there. And then when I pivoted, uh, I got my MBA, about eight, nine years into uh, working for the in the automotive industry with the same company that whole time. And then that's when I pivoted over to the energy side and I worked in both renewable and oil and gas um, and noticed that yes, it's, a, it's another male dominated industry, but there were more women um, and these incredibly brilliant women who could do complicated math problems and algorithms and they're making these very sophisticated calculations for things happening that we'll never even see with our own eyes. Uh, but some of them really had trouble voicing their brilliance. Yes. And you have that visibility and you have to be able to say those ideas because otherwise you're going to get passed over for promotions. You're yeah. the most qualified on paper, but when it comes to showcasing it, somebody else can easily take that role. And I was like, no, no, that's not okay. Yeah, I love <laughs> I, that. I want to help with this. And again, that was something that it kind of just came from, hey, Jamie, will you help me with this? Will you help me with that? And so there were these little things happening along the way that culminated into what I do now. 
I love it. You saw something that was necessary. You know, I'm my, I have a daughter that goes to Texas A&M and there's a lot of really brilliant, like engineering women, like you're talking about, you know, yes. young women going into all of these things. And so I don't know. I love this. It's cool. It's something I've never really talked about with someone on the podcast before. So this is neat. And it's going to resonate with a lot of people. I have a woman that I coach who um, was an engineering major at AM. She's an Aggie and she went into that um, whole area too. So this is good. I love it. But I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier um, that it, it really wasn't your idea. You said the word, the words you said, it was a God whisper. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? So Sure. I was going along, you know, in my corporate job and I've always enjoyed what I did. There were various levels of fulfillment, <laughs> personal fulfillment. Um, but I always liked the interaction with people. And it was in 2018, a magazine approached me and if anybody who's worked in oil and gas knows that there's downturns and you go out for a little while and you come back or, you know, it's, it's not a, a linear path typically. And so I was uh, working in the roofing industry just for a brief stint, but yet again, another male dominated. And this magazine uh, approached me and they said, Hey, uh, you know, we've been watching, we've been watching you and we want to do a future story about a strong female and male dominated industry. We want that to be you. And I was really like, wow, you know, flattered by that. Awesome. And I said, that. Did you know that I've also worked in automotive and oil and gas? And they were like, even better. <laughs> so that article came out and that, you know, so that there was a God whisper, right? Because I didn't seek that out at all. Right. Uh, and the article came out and it just, it garnered more of a response than I expected, Sue. Uh, there were women who reached out and said, hey, I really, that really helped me to know that you did this or you said that or you know, that I'm not alone in this or, you know, when yes. you challenged in that way, that's how you responded. And so from that was then born some of the speaking requests. And I'd always done public speaking throughout my career for various reasons, but always with, you know, company-based material. And so now I was being asked to share my own stories and my own lessons. Again, not my idea, right? I had a patient to do this so that there was another God whisper. And then like I said, with the book, not my idea, it was a few more than one, um, definitely more than, you know, handfuls of people saying, Hey, I want to read your book. So, you know, these God whispers were adding up. And as I was doing it, I was noticing, and this is another part of the confidence formula, just how lit up I was when I was doing it and saying like, yes, you know, I'm having an impact and I'm doing things in the oil and gas industry, but did God put me on this earth <laughs> to do that? Right. Or did he put me here to really help other women? And, you know, part of why I do what I do and why it's such a good fit for me is that I'm taking my executive experience, you know, I made it all the way up to chief strategy officer at one of the companies that I worked for, and I'm combining it with my position in life of being a natural big sister. I have two younger sisters. <laughs> I love that. And that's what I put into my programs. So that's, that's a God thing too, right? Like I didn't do anything to be a big sister. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's part of your original design. Mm -hmm. And I love talking to women about embracing that, right. And, and how none of these experiences is wasted. And even though maybe along the line, it doesn't make sense. You're like, why did I do that as a kid? Or why did I always love that? Or mm -hmm. why did people tell me I was good at that? Or why did I have that job? That's so random. 
And then you look back and you're like, he, God is making use of everything and none of it is random. It's preparation for what he's going to call you into next. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect example of that. I love it. And you know what I love that you said, because this is one of my main things I try to encourage women. I ask them like, what brings you energy? Like what gets mm-hmm. you excited? And you just said, I was so lit up when I would mm-hmm. do this. And yes. I'm like, that is, that is a sign. And so it sounds like along the line, you were paying attention mm-hmm. and you were open, right? And that's part of it. And you're open to saying yes. And, and you're not afraid to go to that next thing, right? Like, right. were there times on this path where you were like, uh, like when you started, you know, the article came out and people were asking you to speak and people were asking you about your book. Were there times where you were pulling back at all from it, like afraid of that? Or was it like kind of full steam ahead? <laughs> well, I, so yes, I was definitely <laughs> afraid and nervous. But when that happens, that is like my green light. Like you have to do this. <laughs> right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because if it were easy and I were already doing it, then there, you know, like there's, what's, what's the actual reward on the other side? Right. You know, stretching out of your comfort zone um, and being invited to do something, you know, like listening to that invitation. Um, even the, the very first time I gave a, pre- a presentation of my own material, which is much different than giving a presentation of something totally. else developed in corporate, like, hey, I'm just the messenger. But in this case, like, this was me. These are my stories. Like, that's, a, that's much different. And that week, I, I mean, there were some just some dark things that happened that week, some very horrible things that happened in my personal life. And there was a car accident. I mean, this is like all 48 hours before mm. I'm supposed to go in front of a hundred women wow. talking about confidence and <laughs> mm. my own confidence. And I, I did question, can I even do this? Can I do this? And that message was actually to a group of women engineers, uh, students actually at Colorado School of Mines, uh, which is a very prestigious uh, science yeah. and engineering school not too far from where I live in Denver. And I just thought, this isn't about you, Jamie, this is about them. And this message is what God has given you to share. And so you kind of need to suck it up and, and, and do this because this it's, there's something much bigger here. Um, it's funny because the, you know, the title of my current book is speak up sister. And I've thought about a sequel, suck it up sister, but that's, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I don't, I, that one probably won't happen, but I've told myself that a few times. Look it up, sister, you got to do this. Um, so when those moments come, you know, when you have that trepidation or that fear, I think that's a really good opportunity to pause and say, but when I get on the other side, what is that going to look like? And if that gives you goosebumps or if that makes your heart beat in a different kind of way, then, oh my gosh, keep going on that path because you get, I mean, I, I just got goosebumps. To I know I got a little teary eyed there when you said that it's so true. That feeling when you get to the other side of doing something that you were afraid to do, but you did it afraid. And yes. then you get there and you're like, I am a badass. <laughs> you're like, I did it. Yeah. And the only way to get that feeling, and I actually have a word for it, Sue, I'll share it with you. <laughs> the only way to get that feeling is to do it. Um, so that word is bravana. The goal is to achieve bravana and bravana. And I know you're a yogi, a holy, holy yes. yogi. Right? Um, the way to achieve bravana, which which rhymes with nirvana, right. is that thing that scares you. Yeah. 
and you do it and you come out on the other side in a victorious manner and you're like pumping your fists or you know high-fiving or with hand sanitizer yeah. of course or you know doing doing your touchdown dance the only way to get that euphoric feeling is to do that thing that scares you so do that thing and and i encourage a lot of my clients to ask the question when they're on the precipice of that should i or shouldn't i um, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the best thing that can happen? And this is, this is the big one. This is one that really motivates me. What's the risk of not doing it? I knew you were going to say that. And I was, I always ask, like, how will you feel if you don't? Yes. Yes. Right. Because that's the worst. Like I, I heard someone say, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, people listening right now are like, here she goes again. But somebody <laughs> said to me once, um, when you get to the end of your life, and you're there and mm -hmm. the person that you are meets the person that you could have been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, how do you feel? And I'm like, yeah. I want to go, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do everything. <laughs> you know, it just makes me braver because I don't want to have any regrets and we're in charge of creating the life that we want yep. Um, yep. and the life that's there for the taking, right? Like we're in charge of like receiving the things that are coming at us too. And so an invitation is such an opportunity. And so that's why I love the idea of saying yes. It's like, say yes, figure it out later. Like, get up there on the stage, do it afraid. You're going to get through it. And then you're going to be stronger for it. You're going to yes. have more confidence. So yes, I love that. And, and any, and, and, you know, part of the fear that is like judgment from other and opinions or what if I fail and all, I mean, those, that's, I mean, let's acknowledge like that's yeah. legitimate. However, you know, back to what Eleanor Roosevelt said, if you're continuously relying on other people's opinions to be your driver there's, you're going to reach a point where you don't even leave your house. Right. So they're also, you know, here's the thing too, is that people throw shade when there's one of their own insecurities being reflected. Absolutely. hundred so, percent. It's about them. It's mm -hmm. not about you. And I always tell my clients, okay, some people aren't going to like you and you're not going to die. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Right? right. And some people won't be your client. But that just makes more room for your ideal client to be your client. And yes. you want that sifting. You want that. But if you show up pretending you're not, you're somebody else, the wrong people are going to be attracted Correct. to you. You have to be fully like who Authentic. you are mm -hmm. and trust God with that. Trust God yes. with the outcome. Yes. Yes. Leading with your authentic self. Um, and, you know, there's that book and then I think they turned it into a movie. He's just not that into you. I and love that movie. Yeah, that is is so applicable, not just to dating. Although, you know, I read that, I think at about 27 years old, like in one evening, cover to cover. That's so good. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this. Um, it's so applicable in so many things because when you're trying to be something you're not, you're just, you're wasting energy that you could put into what you are that's going to connect you with the right people, with the right clients. And I didn't always have that luxury in, in my corporate job, you know, there are certain customers and certain times where you've got to meet quotas and you're going after things and that's, it's tricky. And so the energy that you put, you know, as an entrepreneur into your own business, there's a lot, it takes a lot of energy and effort, right? But you're honoring your authentic self yeah. and that's a different, that's an invigorating energy. It's not a draining energy. And though it's very key to be aware of those two things. And that that's part of the confidence formula too, is that if you're noticing that your confidence is being depleted, you're either in the space of doing something that's not honoring your authentic self, or you're doing things that are not your natural gifts. And we all have to do things that we don't like to do, or we're not necessarily great at doing. I mean, like 
you know, the only person who likes to do bookkeeping is a bookkeeper, right? Like, and I, <laughs> right. I'm not a bookkeeper yet. I have a business. So you know, I don't enjoy that aspect of it, but I need to do it. But I notice I don't feel lit up and excited because it's, it's figuring it out for me and it's doing things that are not part of my natural skill set. So if I can shift over and then do something that is a part of my natural skill set, you know, spend time with one of my, have a, my, one of my coaching client sessions, working on one of my workshops, the content or, you know, the actual delivery of it, then those things will boost my confidence back up again. And that feeds into performance. And that's, that's true of everybody. When you're working on those things that are lighting you up, they're, they're simultaneously called a virtuous cycle, not a vicious cycle. They're feeding your performance level and your confidence at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's what you're naturally good at too, because you're, and, and then you're loving it, but you're right to mention like there's parts of, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're first starting out, there's going to be parts of your business you don't like. And I think sometimes <laughs> out in the world, there's these, um, kind of, there's these platitudes about like, just do what you love, charge what you're worth, you know, and there's these women out there and they're like, well, I think I should charge, you know, like this, that, and the other, and I'm only 24 and I have no experience. It's like, well, honey, first (laughs) we need to do the hard work. We Mm -hmm. need to put in the time. We need to be like in 17 different roles and everything's not going to be super fun right away. And you do need to, you know, um, set that foundation and really build something strong here. Like it's not, so I think sometimes there's this image because of people are Instagram famous or YouTube famous. It's that's like, I'm going to just reach this. I'm going to be speaking on a stage and writing a book, um, you know, without any effort. And it's like, no, you've worked for a long time and you have a lot of education <laughs> and a lot of experience. Right. right. Yeah. And so I think there's this balance, find what you love. I think one day as an entrepreneur, the goal is that you would hire people to do the things you don't love and you spend the time doing only what you can do, your gifting, like what you're called to do, right? But there may be years in there where you're doing, you're wearing like 10 hats. Yeah, within 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was, yeah, I mean, one of my, the lessons learned and something I used to train on in the automotive industry is the whole concept of lean operating. And we would often use the metaphor of surgery. You know, the surgeon goes in and does surgery and surgery only. They're not also prepping the room and putting the instruments and bringing all the additional tools and cleanup and all. They're there to do one job because they do an excellent job at that job. And so as an entrepreneur, depending on where you are, I think we're all trying to find what is that secret sauce, that sweet spot that like we the zone have, of genius, right? It's like, yeah, the zone of genius, exactly. That we do, you know, better than anybody because it is an, it's a natural gift, but it's also effort that, and the time that we've put in and the traction and the experience that has grown that even more and developed it even more. And then how can we outsource the other parts yeah. to be efficient so we can just do that thing? I love it. It's so exciting. And I'm sure that like me, you see this all the time. There's so many women out there um, that have so much to offer. They have, they're so talented. They're so intelligent. They have great ideas and they're holding themselves back by a limited mindset. Um, You know, those Mm -hmm. thoughts that we kind of, you kind of touched on about, you know, what will people think? Um, What if I do this in that girl that didn't like me in junior high sees? (laughs) <laughs> you're like, uh, but that's a really common one, right? Like somebody in your past that you're worried about what they might think, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, so it's not like, it's not real. We have those fears and stuff. So 
What would you say if someone was just going to say, all right, give me, I'm going out there. I'm, I'm going to jump out and do this thing. I'm going to say yes. What should, what's my main, like, what's one tip you would say to stay confident, even if like, it doesn't go exactly as I planned right away. Turn it into a curiosity experiment. So I love that. Okay. To, to, to your earlier point, Sue, you know, the only way to get to the other side is to get there. And Ooh, ooh, here's one for you. So you know the <laughs> phrase, <laughs> you know the phrase "fake it till you make it." Yeah, I, I, I can't. That. No, I can't stand it. It makes my skin. Cry. Okay, good. Yeah, we're on the same page. I know for a second you're like, "What row?" <laughs> uh, I have something better. Um, okay. the, part of the reason that that phrase is so dangerous is because thoughts become things, and what we're telling ourselves, and I'll skip over the neuroscience of why this is, but what we're telling ourselves is truly driving our behavior. And if you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm just gonna fake it till I make it. I mean, that's, you're on such shaky ground starting off. And when you're doing something, you're not faking it. There's nothing fraudulent about trying. You're actually doing it. Now, do you have it perfected the first time you do it? Of course not. Do you have it perfected the 74th time you do it? Maybe not then either, but you're doing it. So, in, and the only way to get to the other side is to do it. So if instead, I want to suggest this, instead of saying, fake it till you make it, just cross that, delete it, cross it off of, out of your vocabulary, delete it. Instead, say to yourself, I'm just going to rehearse till it's verse. I love that. Okay. It's going to rehearse till it's verse. I don't know exactly what page that's on in the book, but there's okay. more about it in the book. Um, but think about that, you know, every, anytime, like we played sports, we've been in drama clubs. There's a lot of rehearsal that happens, right? And you're much more confident when you're rehearsing because it's okay if you make a mistake, nobody expects you to have it down pat. And what you're telling yourself is, Hey, cool. I'm trying. And the only way to get to a point where it is just verse, where it is just happening automatically is that repetition, right? And you have to take that first step. So the person who's like, yes, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do this, do that and approach it more with the curiosity rather than with these parameters of this is exactly what success looks like, yes. and this is what it not looks, this is what it doesn't look like because you're going to put yourself in a really dangerous place. That's not setting you up for success. That's so true. And I always say there's not one path to success. And a lot of times women are like, well, I've, it's never been done like this before. I'm like, great. You're going to do it for the first time, <laughs> right? Like maybe we're creating something brand new. Yes. You know, and it doesn't have to be done the way that it's always been done before. And if it doesn't feel right to you and you're try trying to fake it till you make it, like that's such an icky feeling to me thinking it's of. It's so icky. Um, it's so inauthentic. And then you're building, like you said, it's a shaky foundation because mm -hmm. you're faking it. So then people are asking you stuff and you're still not confident in what you're saying. So I love rehearse till it's verse. That's awesome. And I love that you said, make it a curiosity experiment because I think being curious is one of the greatest things. Just ask questions, like, um, try new things. I always say like, just try stuff. It's like, it's not that deep. <laughs> just try right. stuff. <laughs> right. 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 But I think sometimes that comes from if you're confident cause you've tried stuff. Well, exactly. There's no way to, <laughs> there's no way to just get confident before you try stuff. It's like, action. I always say action brings clarity, but a lot mm -hmm. of clients are sitting around waiting for clarity to take any action. And I'm like, you guys, we got to take some action and then it's going to become clear, but yes, we can't sit here. Right. 
Right. <laughs> so I love the idea of curiosity though, because it's not um, perfection. Mm -mm. It's not knowing what you're doing. It's not knowing what the end result is. It's not controlling how people experience what you offer. It's none of that. It's just you're curious and you're just like trying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You're exploring. I love that. Okay. So, um, there's so much, I feel like we could talk for hours, but I told you <laughs> that I have the four questions that I always ask my guests. Yes. So I yes, yes. To go over that with you. Um, what is a book that you love? So <laughs> there is, I read this, gosh, it was years ago, but it's Stephen Ambrose's Undaunted Courage. Mm, okay. um, Stephen Ambrose is a historical writer and it is the story of Lewis and Clark and it's a commitment. This book is a commitment. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to lie. Um, it, but it is so incredible to read the actual accounts of what Lewis and Clark did. There's act, there are excerpts from their own journals and the obstacles that they overcame with resources that are nothing like what we have today. That's so cool. Okay. So my kids, I have two history majors, like history buffs. So I am literally thinking I'm going to look that up and that might be a good Christmas present. Yeah, it's a good one. It's, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it, it's a decent commitment, like I said, but it's really fascinating. And things like, you know, we have so much at our fingertips yes. and when they like hit the continental divide, right? I mean, I can see the Rocky Mountains from my window right now. They hit the continental divide with no North Face clothing, no GPS, no cliff bars, no equipment. No, no no, and they wrote notes to each other and put them on trees and somehow found them. I mean, so if they could do that, incredible. Yes, <laughs> they can do other things. We need more of these stories, right? Like instead of like the YouTube famous person who hit it at 17 in like one day, we need the stories of like perseverance, resilience, persistence, like all of that. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, right. that's definitely up there on my list. <laughs> I love it. And I know it's hard. That's why I always say a book you love, not like a favorite book. Cause people are like, I can't, I'm like, I can't pick one. one. Yeah. Um, what about a movie you love? Movie. So there was a documentary and tell me if you've heard of this, Sue, maybe you've watched it. Um, came out in 2004. I saw it in the movie theater, which was packed. And it's the only movie I have ever watched. And when it ended, not a single person got out of their seat because everybody was just like mind blown, <laughs> like just so absorbing and pondering what, what just happened. Um, the documentary is called what the bleep do we know? Oh, I don't know it. It was originally named something more colorful, but for marketing purposes, they figured out they needed to change up some word in there. Yeah. So, what the bleep do we know? Um, Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh yeah. Others are in there and it's all about, this is what your mind can actually do. And it will, it will blow you away and it will really help you say, yeah, this is, this is up to me. I can, I can do this. Okay. I have to watch that. Especially because yes. I'm always talking about mindset and, you know, saying yes and all of that. So, um, okay, cool. I love that. All right. And what is a good piece of advice that you've received? Good piece of advice. So my husband actually taught me this. He has impeccable time management skills and project management skills that the word priority only gained status as a plural word in recent history, priorities. The priority originally was singular and by definition, 
you cannot have more than one priority at a time. So it makes sense that if you're going to invite priorities plural, your success rate declines. But if you can focus on one priority, and I know this is part of what you champion in your programs too. One yes, one thing. Um, my weekly email this morning was all about one thing. Um, that will help you achieve success faster. Okay, I love that. I never heard that before, but it's so true. It's almost like an oxymoron or however you would say it, like priorities. Like it shouldn't be that. It should just be the one thing. Um, yeah, when I read at the beginning of, so in December of last year, when I was thinking about starting my membership, so I have a coaching membership. When I, I started in January and in December, when I was thinking about it, I was reading the book Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. And he kept talking about the one thing. And I, I was thinking about coaching and how I'm always talking about that because think about it. If you have like a hundred pounds to lose, that's so <laughs> overwhelming. You just quit. But if you just go one pound at a time, then it's so doable, right? So if you're starting a business and you're like, and I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. It's like people are so overwhelmed. They just quit. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, what's one thing. So yesterday on our group coaching call, I had everyone come up with it, set a date for the next one thing that they're going to do. And it was so powerful for them just to say it out loud and have us all kind of witnessing it, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's, you can do this and you know, you can, it's just <laughs> your mind is taking it like this all has to be done at once. And it's just not true. So I love that with priority. Priority. Yes. Name it, name it to claim it and, and make it realistic. I mean, that's, you know, with, with goal setting and I'm sure you do this too. Uh, you know, instead of like, we're going to reach for the stars and like, that's great. Like have that vision out there, but there you have to like reach for the ceiling first. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if that hasn't been defined yet, going to make that journey afterwards more arduous than it needs to be. I love that. I love like realistic talk um, that is helpful to take inspired action, right? Like, yeah, that's because there's a lot of like, you're on, you know, if you're on all the social media and you're like looking even at some of the new books that come out and you're just kind of like, wow. Like, it's almost like I'm just supposed to think of this amazing thing. And then I'm just supposed to like, and I'm a yogi. So I love all this stuff, but like, you know, I'm just supposed to like rub some crystals together and you know, it's just going <laughs> to manifest. So it's like, yeah. well, there <laughs> are yourself to success. <laughs> there are some steps. Um, so I love that. Okay. So, and then who is a person you admire? I admire, this is a really also a, a tough one. It's like, who will I say? Um, is it okay if I mention two? Briefly? Of course. Of okay. course. So one, um, and I've got her right back here. Shout out to RBG. Um, oh yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> um, I have, a, I have quite a collection of RBG items for my clients and people who sent me things after her passing. Um, but I often would look to RBG, who is even is about similar size to myself, and think of all the times that she spoke up and stood up and said dissenting opinions in front of a pretty tough audience. And when I, anytime I've been in a similar situation where the words are in my head and I know I have to say them, but my heart's pounding a little bit and I can yeah. feel those butterflies, I picture RBG looking at me and saying, what you going to do, Jamie? What you going to do? And like, darn it, if it doesn't motivate me, like, okay, RBG, I'm going to say it because you did. I am too. So RBG is my spirit animal. They made about her life. Now I can't. Oh, it was so good. 
Yeah, there's there's the movie and then there's the documentary um, and of course okay. the book and yeah, she's yeah powerhouse that um, an example, great example for all of us. You just how when she went to law school, like when she was super young and went to law school and she was like the only girl. Yeah. I mean, um, and she had all kinds of things. Right. It was so hard. Like they kept making yeah. it so hard. And it's like, I think, you know, we don't want to take for granted what it took for us to get here to be like, I want to start my own business. I want to do my own thing. Right. Like there's people who paved the way. Yes, definitely. And then the other person I want to mention is Jill Kaufman. She is one of the pastors at church and Jill just has this beautiful gift for connecting with people for saying the exact right things at the right times. She is just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. And she just has this leadership and this presence about her that is also very inspiring. And just wanted to be sure to mention her name today too. I love that. And you think about it and I don't know, maybe she has like all these people following her. Maybe she's written a book, but you think about the impact that you can have just as someone in the church speaking to someone that you know from church or someone that's a neighbor speaking to your neighbor or a mom speaking to your child, right? Like it doesn't always have to be from a stage in a book, right? When we get the opportunity to do that, like you have now, it's, it's incredibly impactful. And so like, it's an honor, right? Mm -hmm. Every day we get to speak into another woman's life is an honor, right? hundred percent. Mm -hmm. No matter in what way. And so I love that you mentioned someone that, you know, personally, as well as somebody that's out there kind of to the masses because um, mm-hmm. that's so important. And I think sometimes when you have an entrepreneurial spirit, I know a lot of women that I work with, it can be hard for them to not see that influence and impact be really large, really soon. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not patient. They're, they're like, I have to have this kind of impact. And in God's kingdom, it's about the one Again, I guess breaking it into the one, right? Like before we right. can have this nature, it's that one at a time. So I love that you mentioned uh, someone personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, but this has been amazing. How can people find you and how can they find the book? Yes. Great. Thank you, Sue. Uh, so my website is the best place, uh, jamieempowers.com. So it's J-A-M-I-E and then empowers. That is plural. <laughs> .com. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, there's all kinds of resources on there. There is a link to buy the book. If you do, if you just search, uh, speak up sister on Amazon, it will come up. Um, and then the uh, Instagram handle is Jamie underscore empowers. And then on LinkedIn, it's my full name, Jamie Dandar McKinney. Okay. And I'll put all of those links at greatbigyes.com, like in the show notes for the podcast. So people can find you there if they want. So people, if you're listening and you are walking or you're driving or something and you couldn't write that down, you can go to greatbigyes.com and find all the links. Thank you, Jamie. It was so nice to talk to you. So it was excellent. Yes. I have a feeling this is the, the first of several conversations. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks for being here. All right. Have a blessed day.